Hi, you're listening to Viewpoint. My name is Jim Lyon, and we're so glad that you've come alongside with me, Kimberly Majeski. Hey, Jim. It's good to be here today. So good to see you. We are together in this pandemic, though socially distanced. distanced. I mean, we are on the opposite sides of a room speaking into microphones, but we're so glad to be able to get together and also to join you. That's right. Wow. This pandemic just walked us through a holiday time. That's the right. Easter time. The Easter season. And it was not like any Easter I can ever remember. No. Okay, give me one thing about your Easter that was different. Uh, I didn't have my enormous, beautiful Easter egg hunt that I host every year at my house with all my friends and family. And so you, you just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. You were at home alone with your husband and your boy. That's right. How old is he, Max? He's five. Five. Still a little magic going on there, but he couldn't magic. have a crowd. He doesn't do home alone well, let's say it that way. <laughs> you know what? I have a son who's 39. I was on Zoom with him, and he doesn't do home alone well yeah. either. No, it's hard. He's, he's never good sitting still. Hey, we are so glad you've joined us today. We're going to talk about the pandemic and just how we're experiencing it and how do we get through this. And think about this. Your memory, your memory actually is a tool. It's an empowering tool that you can use to get through the pandemic. I can't wait to get unpacking this. Me too. Looking forward to it. Okay, my Easter was very different, of course, because I was home alone too, only I don't have any little kids anymore, so it's just my wife yeah. and I. And uh, I just want you... you to know that some things don't change. Yeah, what did she cook? No, no, don't worry about that. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, she cooked what we call Dutch babies is an odd name. Oh, but it, it's, yes. it's kind of a French toast souffle. Yes. So delicious and really bad for you, but so delicious. But <laughs> what I was going to tell you, Kimberly, is the thing that didn't change for my Easter are Cadbury cream eggs because I had a couple mm. that I saved up. I had given up chocolate before the days of Easter. And on Easter, I just ripped into those chocolate things. And even though we were by ourselves it gave me a glimmer of hope. <laughs> you know, we're alike that way. I love those Cadbury eggs too. And I had one yesterday as well. That's well, how you start. I mean, whoa, that's whoa, like. Whoa, No, we're not alike. You said I had one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Kimberly, as we're in this pandemic, I mean, our worlds have been turned upside down, upside honestly. Upside down, I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but I go to the supermarket Mm-hmm. I have purchased one tank of gas because I'm not going anywhere, so I don't really buy mm-hmm. gas very often, but I did that once. Mm-hmm. And I've been to the supermarket just every now and then to get perishables like milk. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I'm home. How about yeah. you? You know, Jim, like you, I had been traveling quite a bit, of course, just domestically, but I've been traveling quite a bit. So I came home um, from a trip on March 15th from North Carolina. And I have been in my house since that day. This is my first time out of the house with other humans. So if I don't handle myself well. (laughs) Okay. But I mean, you have been many, many weeks isolated at home with your family. Many weeks. I've had had groceries delivered and we've been at home. Yeah. And here you are today in the studio. So it's a little bit of a change up. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a way, once you get used to being at home, in that way, it's a little scary to go out because I'm not sure who's <laughs> breathing on me and who's touched what. And I mean, there's a vulnerability about the pandemic, of isn't course, there? I mean, yeah. it's a lot of fear. It's a lot of uncertainty. And then there's the question, when's this going to be over? Right. When do we go back to what we call normal? I don't know, Kimberly, do you think we'll ever go back to normal? I don't. I think on the other side of this will be different people. I don't think you can go through something 
as traumatic and life-altering as a global pandemic where we're sheltering in our homes and and go back to something before? Will we travel in the same way? Will we be entertained in the same way? Right. Will we even shop in the same way? Is it possible that retailing is going to be changed forever? We've all learned about you know, things like Amazon, where people deliver to the house, and that was before the pandemic. But now Amazon's hiring 100,000 people because people are more and more having delivered at home. But then I wonder, what about the big box stores and things that have been closed? I know. And the hundreds of thousands of people that used to work for them, will that ever reopen? I mean, wow, there are some big question marks in this pandemic. Yeah, there's big question marks. And I feel, I don't know if other people are feeling this, but you feel on the one hand, you're so frustrated. You can't do the things. It is hard, right? You're you're exhausted by all the things you watch on the news. You're in your home. You can't get out. You know, all these things. On the other hand, I'm so grateful. I have my health, right? Um, we are safe. We have enough food. And you know that there are just thousands and thousands of people who are suffering, who have loved ones who are hospitalized, who they can't you know, get to them. And then, I mean, the unbelievable numbers of people who are unemployed, who've lost their jobs, who've lost their financial security. And so I, at the same time, while I'm sort of frustrated, I think about, well, that's, that's something to just kind of deal with, sister, because you don't have all these other right, things right. that so many people are experiencing right now. And I, I feel that. I feel a heaviness in a and a, a mournful sort of burden for those people too. There's a sense of loss. Yeah. I mean, it's just loss at every level. There's a social loss. There is the freedom loss. We've lost freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot come and go as we once did. There's just so many things to think about. Wow. Can we get through it? Yes. Kimberly, as we're walking through this pandemic, can you remember what it was like before you were confined to your home? I do. (laughs) I do. And I miss it. Yes. I miss gathering with my friends. I miss, you know, we had to cancel our spring break trip. I miss the beach. I miss going out to eat. I miss shopping for Easter dresses and Easter clothes and summer wardrobe. I mean, you know, all those things that are the natural rhythms of my life. I miss my students. I miss going to my office, all the things. Because you teach at a university, which has gone to completely online. So there's no interaction of the way you're used to, even though you might get on a Zoom call, for instance, with your class. And you know what I'm missing? I wasn't conscious of it at first. But I'm a Y guy. I go to the YMCA. Mm-hmm. I'm missing the gym. I know. And I go outside and I run and I walk. But it's not the same as going to the Y where there is a running track. And there are other people I know. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a social yeah. uh, interaction. There's some free weights there and things I don't have at my house. I mean, at so many levels, when you make a catalog of what I remember I don't have anymore, mm-hmm. it can be overwhelming. Yes. And And of course, there are people listening to us today, I'm guessing, who are remembering their jobs. I know. (laughs) Or maybe they're remembering what it was like when they had good health, but they've got the COVID-19 and now they can't take a deep breath. Even though they've survived it, they're in recovery. It's hard to gasp for air because it takes so long to get completely well. Or maybe you remember someone you loved who's been taken to hospital and you could not see them and they've Mm -hmm. passed on. I mean, there's so much here. But memory, that's what is in my head. Mm -hmm. The power of memory. 
Yeah. I mean, think about this. Your memory is a brain function that allows you to store information and to catalog it so you can retrieve it. And then it informs you as you go forward. So when we think about memory, it's always about looking backward, but actually it has real value because it helps inform us about how to go forward. So you look backward to know where to go. Right. The way you learn from history. So mm-hmm. you know not to make that same mistake again. But in this pandemic, I'm just thinking memory, the power of our memory can really help get us through this. Mm-hmm. So I'm remembering the YMCA as I have known it for years, believing that someday I can get back into that. So that gives me a kind of hope to look yeah. forward, right? Yeah. Give me one thing. When you have the chance you want to do that's not possible for you right now. I want to go out to eat with friends. There you go. Go out to eat with friends. <laughs> that day will come. But that memory, you can't lose that memory because if you lose that, you'll become even more despairing and discouraged. No, that can live again. Oh, but sometimes memory is pretty painful. When I'm going through loss, I'm I'm grieving, and it's not just about the pandemic. Uh, We've all had losses, haven't we? Perhaps a relationship's unraveled, or you lost a loved one. Uh, My mom passed away not so long ago. I just was thinking about that this Easter, uh, because she was always about Easter. We lose sometimes our health. Uh, I used to be able to climb mountains. Now I can't do that so much, because I fell off the cliff that one day, or whatever it is. I mean, there are all kinds of losses Can you get through the pandemic by learning something by the way in which you get through grief? Hmm. I think that is a really important point. I think what's been important for me in these last weeks, what I've been sort of lifting up to others who I love and who are my students, is to remember... I'm in grief. And what has been sort of illuminating for me is to lean into the muscle memory of how I walk through grief. I've had losses. You've had losses. Everyone listening to this has had losses. I think to myself, how did I survive this before? I'm gentle with myself. It's okay if I didn't get my run in today. It's okay because there are other things happening. And so it's okay if I'm operating at 50% today. Tomorrow may be better. What are the rituals that help me feel grounded, help me feel secure, help me feel like I'm moving forward? So I had mentioned to you earlier, going through this Easter, I have this saying, and it's it says we build the rituals on the ash heap, right? Like that's why we need them. These practices help us remember that we've been through hard things before, that Jesus went through hard things for us and with us. And that's how memory is really helping me sort of cope and continue to move forward. I know there are people who are joining us for this conversation, uh, Kimberly, who uh, may not have celebrated Easter, or they know about Easter, but it's not their thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think most people understand that Easter is a Christian holiday, and it it marks a series of events in history. And that history has cast a very long shadow, and it's the story of this guy named Jesus, who was thought to be all that by big crowds, but then all of a sudden he wasn't all that for them, and they stood by the sidelines while he was arrested and He went to a trial, and he was condemned to die, even though, as the story goes, he's completely innocent. And then what's so remarkable is that after he's dead, 
He's murdered on a cross, an ancient way of taking someone's life that the Roman Empire used. He's put in a burial tomb, which isn't like in a grave like we think of it under the dirt, but probably a cave, a room that you could walk into. And then on the third day after he's killed, he's found to be alive again, that he has raised from the dead. And that's what Easter's about, the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, I realize some people may not buy into that story, but it's, man, it's had a lot of power over 20 centuries. And it is a series of rituals you've observed that remind us of that story. Yeah. And uh, I know about that because, uh, hey, we do Easter eggs at my house and uh, we lit a candle on Good Friday at our house to see the light because that's what Jesus represents mm-hmm. for many of us is mm-hmm. he's light. And when you think about him, you see light. You The shadows begin to move away and you can mm-hmm. see by the light a way forward. And on Good Friday when he died, that's the history that he actually passed away on the cross on a Friday then we light that candle to remember the light, but then we extinguish it in the darkness and think about the darkness. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, this year, for the first time in ways I never have before, Kimberly, I extinguished that candle, and it was dark, and it occurred to me, what would this world be like if that light had been extinguished and remained in the grave? Here we are 20 centuries past those events, and there still is light shining from that story of Jesus, from that reality of Jesus. And I think about this world, I know there are people who would say, oh, Christianity's been a big mess up and there are all kinds of evils propagated in its name. But when you get right down to the core of the story and who Jesus was, man, he's the guy who gives hope. He's the guy who gives life. And when I extinguished that candle on that Friday before Easter and sat in a dark room and just thought, what would have happened? Where would those hospitals be? Where would those schools be? Where would that education be? Where would that compassionate ministry of generosity and charity be? Things that we take for granted now, actually informed by that guy, Jesus, that launched all this into being. I'm thinking, wow, there's something to this, and it helped me think about how I can go forward. In the story of Jesus, Kimberly, and I know you know the story, Jesus has a dinner party on the night before he dies. I mean, he gathers together his closest friends. It's a holiday party in his culture, and uh, they are going to share some things that are rituals that are born out of ashes of their culture's history. And uh, in that moment, Jesus does something that still lives on today, and he takes a piece of bread and he breaks it. And in that, he institutes what a lot of people call Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper. But what strikes me is as he does that, he says something that's exactly what we're talking about. Kimberly, what does he say, as recorded by Luke in the 22nd chapter of that book that bears his name? Yeah, I'll read the text here. He took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Right there, front and center. The memory of me is going to see you through what lies ahead. Yes. And his friends didn't realize then that he would be taken from them and that he would be murdered and that he'd be buried and they could not have imagined that he would come back to life 
leaving an empty tomb behind, which is what we celebrate at Easter. They couldn't have, have figured any of that out. But in that moment, what they got was this really important truth. You take this bread and you break it. And as often as you do that, you just think about me, Jesus. My body is being broken because Jesus saw himself as a sacrifice for their wrongdoing. He was going to pay the dues for them. And so you think about this bread being broken. That's about my life being laid down for you. And when you do that, I want you to employ the power of your memory to hold steady and to never forget this moment and this relationship and who I am, because that's going to help you. Kimberly, when Jesus said, take this bread broken and remember me, what do you think he wanted them to remember? Remember me, but what? I mean, remember all of it. Remember how I healed. Remember how I taught. Remember how I preached. Remember how I cast out demons and how I raised people to life. Remember all of it, and that will help you get through. Remember how I loved Mm. and how I gave and how I hugged you and how I have power to use for the good. And how the world is different because I came into it. And if you can remember that, then no matter what happens tomorrow, know that I'm going to be with you always. That's what Jesus said. I'm going to be with you always, even to the end. And if you can remember me, it's going to help you get through this. Kimberly, in this pandemic, I'm thinking I need to remember Jesus. He had a journey of his own unlike any other. He still is life and light. And if I can think about him, if I can be with him in that memory and actually find him alongside right now and surrender into his calling and his purposes in my own life, I'll get through this. And it'll be better on the other side than it was before I got into it because that's the way of Jesus. I know there are some of you with us in this conversation who are going, what in the world are they talking about? Well, what we're talking about is how all of us can survive this pandemic, this crisis without precedent, an epic, that when we get to the other side of it, for whatever we called normal then, will not restore us to what used to be normal. The world will not be the same. How do you cope with the loss of your freedom, of a loved one, of your own health, of your job, of the economic security, of the political realities of our time. I mean, there's so many things on the table, so many uncertainties. How do you get through that? Here's what we want to suggest to you. Take this to heart. Give this a try. People have done this for 20 centuries and survived and triumphed. Remember Jesus. This do in remembrance of me. Study up about him. Read up about him in those Bible books that talk about him, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just read up. No matter what you think, just read them and think about it. And I'm going to predict for you that you will find yourself in a better place during the pandemic and when it's done. Wow. Kimberly, I don't know about you, but in the pandemic, I'm spending some time in prayer. That's a thing foreign, again, to people who listen to us and all around the world, although I think everyone has something inside of them that has cried out in a kind of prayerful way. Maybe they didn't know who they were talking to, or maybe they thought they were talking to somebody different than who I think I'm talking to, but there's an 
intuitive instinct in all of us to pray, especially when I'm in a world of uncertainty. And I'm thinking today, why don't we just pray? We're going to pray in Jesus' name, and we're going to talk to God. The God we know is the creator. And we want to invite you to pray with us. Maybe you don't believe in that God. Maybe you think Jesus is a bunch of made-up nonsense. But hey, give it a try. Just pray with us. Our Father in heaven, thank you for listening. And thank you for watching over us. And thank you for loving us. Because we are right now remembering Jesus. And he told us this, that when we see him, we see you. That he is you. And today, Lord, we're in a pandemic. We're in a season of many questions. We can't figure out every answer, but we're working on some. Is there a vaccine? Is there a way to protect ourselves? We're trying to do the best we know how. And we're asking you, Lord, to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And right now we place our lives into your hands and we admit that we're powerless. And we admit that sometimes we're prideful and we think that we can do whatever we want. And the pandemic's reminded us that that's not true. And that with this fact in mind, we surrender to you and ask you to make us whole, forgive us of our wrongdoing, and make us better. Bring us through the pandemic, Lord, and may the world be better because we have become better. In Christ we ask it. Amen. Now, if you've been listening to us today, you may just want to pull your hair out and say, those people are out of their minds. Hey, we want to hear from you. Maybe you want to explore more about how you can remember Jesus. Hey, we want to hear from you too. Maybe you just want to say thanks. We're always up for that. <laughs> no. How can you do that? Well, if you're listening on Facebook today, you can go right on Facebook and leave a message, or you could even private message us. You could call us on the phone. We have a toll-free number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. Kimberly, somebody could go online and find us. We've got a webpage, yes, don't you we? You can find us at cbhviewpoint.org. And if you send us a message there, we'll respond to you uh, right away. Absolutely. CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. Okay, that's who we are. CBHviewpoint.org. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But hey, whether you check us out on Facebook, online, on the phone, use the post, we are so in for hearing from you just now. Hey, this pandemic's going to come. It's here and it's going to go in time. We want to get through to the other end. And while we're getting through it, we want to find life. Kimberly, thanks for bringing life to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. And we're thankful that you came alongside. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministries team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which actually owns this program, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.